Pioneers vs Pretenders, another very cool episode. I'm your host, Joe Human, and we are speaking to someone very interesting today. Very cool dude that I've got to know digitally. I think our our friendship started off digitally and I was like, ah, oh, this guy's so cool. You know, one day I'm gonna get a picture from this guy. You know, <laughs> it's Austin Malema <laughs> speaking to us. Um, do you think you're a public figure? Can can I call you a public figure? Uh, not yet. I think, you know, there's a there's a little misconception about what public figures are. Um, just because Instagram allows you to change your account to a public figure doesn't mean you're a public figure yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I don't even think mine says public figure, it just says photographer. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, in time I will be a public figure. We will, we will get there. What was it like, man? Um, growing up, did you always think that you were going to be end up in the creative space? I think, you know... Growing up, I didn't really think I was going to be in the uh, in in the entertainment space. When I was younger, uh, I think I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and then when I was in grade seven, grade six and seven at Riverstones Primary School, that's when I, I got some interest into getting into, into entertainment because I wanted to be a writer at some point. And then got into high school and I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm going to be a lawyer, you know. Um, and then uh, later on in matric, that's when it all changed. Um, I think that's when I chose. I was like, look, I, I definitely want to be in entertainment. Mm. I just didn't know what part of entertainment. I wanted to be a director at one point. I was mm. like, look, I'm going to be a director. I'm going to go study film and I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're getting there. <laughs> you know, the dream is always to be rich and famous. Mm. Uh, I don't know why rich and fame always go hand in hand, but it seems if you're famous, you have to be rich. And if you're rich, you also have to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> don't choke, don't choke, bro. <laughs> but we all know it's a misconception that uh, rich people are famous and famous people are rich. So, you know, it doesn't mean that just because you're famous in South Africa, you have aban- an abundance of wealth. Mm. But yeah, I think it's it's been one of those things that I, I wanted to be in entertainment, I think, you know, twice in my life from when I was younger and in, in high school. And I guess, you know, went and studied film and then ended up where we are now. Was it, was it sort of like um, <clears throat> a difficult sort of field to get into growing up, like especially... Because I know from black families, yeah. if you want to get into the creative space, they look at you in the weirdest, you know, look and I think, they don't understand. Yeah, I think, you know, my mom, my mom was supportive um, uh, to an extent, you know, um, I was told I've got three years to finish what I'm doing mm-hmm. and she's not going to pay for anything else, Hectic. you know, and I had to make it happen in those three years. Uh, luckily, I got a bursary to do my honors. Um, but... You know, she kind of supported me, even though she didn't understand what it was about. The only time my mom didn't support me was when I quit my job. Mm. That was the only time. She kind of like, she's like, oh, okay, cool. Now you're making money, whatever. And then I'm like, nah, I want to quit my job and just be self-employed. And she was like, what the hell? Are you crazy? <laughs> and, you know, after a couple of months, she saw that it was worth it, you know, um, being self-employed. So I, I did quite well. So I never really got questioned about it. 
to mm. be honest. I was I just got warned about the drugs and you know the typical <laughs> thing. You know, <laughs> I think black <laughs> families they, they 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 see how how entertainment is portrayed mm. on TV and they think that's what really really happens. But it's what what's on TV is exaggerated compared to what happens in real life. Mm. Yeah. What what do you what would you say made you find your purpose? <sighs> what made me find my purpose? Yeah, that's a hard one. I don't think I found my purpose yet. I think I'm. Do you still, think you're living in it? I th- I pr- I'm probably living in it, or I'm probably living it. But just because I'm so busy inside, it's hard to look out. You know, um, it's the same thing as when somebody says, "Do you think you're living your best life, or you've reached your goals?" You know, we never really see the goals that we we've smashed out because we we now set new goals while we're smashing those uh, that. It just seems like you you never really reach your goal, but although if you sit back and you're like, you know, I've done so much, uh, like I've made so much money, I've done so much work, I've met all my idols, mm. you know, then you start realizing, damn, I've actually like smashed all my um, goals, and right now I have set more goals, but I never really saw it because I was so busy living, that I never really I, I never sat back and enjoyed those moments. So I think I'm probably like, you know, living my purpose now. Uh, but I think there's a lot more to my purpose, you know. Mm. Um, I think I'm doing quite well for who, for for where I am, but there's still quite a bit that I could give back. So I think that that's that's the next part of the career, you know, finding a way to give back to those who want to get into the industry or any other spaces that I can give back to. You know, one one thing that um i've sort of noticed about purpose is that there's there's a lot of um strength from the inspiration that um we draw from a lot of things you know and being a creative you <laughs> we all have something that constantly inspires us something that yeah. constantly keeps us going where would you say you draw your inspiration from i think i draw my inspiration from failure you know it's when I say failure is not that I failed, but I fear failure so much that I cannot fail. Mm. That's that's my biggest inspiration because whatever I take on, I need to I need to make it happen because if I don't make it happen, then I will be a failure to myself. You know, um, and I never want to fail at anything that I do. That's why I always work as hard as I can. Um, even if I hit rock bottom, I'm never going to just let it go. I'm going to get back up and ride the horse until we get to where we need to go um i just i just never want to fail mm. um I'm, I'm i'm always competing with myself i think that's the best way to put it i compete with myself to beat myself mm. uh because if if i fail i'm the one who feels like the loser you know um i think failure failure is the worst thing to ever feel for anyone especially if you wanted to succeed in something you know, if you fail, you beat yourself up about it because there was no one else who could help you. So I think my biggest drive or my biggest, again, my drive or inspiration from the fear of failing. You know, speaking about failure, <clears throat> I know we're speaking about it from such a high level and we're sort of um, generalizing it. But yeah. um, throughout your process and throughout getting to where you are, there's obviously been certain failures yeah, yes. or challenges yeah. that you have you know, yeah. ac- accumulated. What were those challenges and how did you overcome them? I think, you know, there's in, in, in any space, there's so many challenges that we, we get to face, you know. Um, I think for me, 
one of them as just breaking into the industry was one of the hardest things you know um we all think it's simple uh austin malema is this person that everybody knows but nobody really knows about the other five years before 2016 mm. or there's some people who know about the five years before 2016 what are those five years that's what i'm interested <laughs> in. that's what the listeners <laughs> are interested know, in the five years the five years of like starting my instagram account where you know, I was shooting on my cell phone, shooting cars, small cars, like toy cars and small mm-hmm. things, just getting into photography, you know, um, not making it into the space where I wanted to be, where which was the entertainment space where the bigger guys would book me or, you know, I, I always say when I got into the space was to hang out with those big guys and the camera was allowing me to do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where I asked like big event organizers if I could shoot for them and I got denied. Uh, and it felt like, you know, I was not good enough at that time. Um, you know, we're not going to name drop, but <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a lot of, like, big event organizers that literally said no to me when I was starting out. And I believed I was good enough compared to the guys, you know, who were booking me to shoot for the same event organizers. Mm. And I was like, why can't I just do this myself, you know? Um, and these guys shot me down, um, people that I asked for work, and shot me down even t- until now i still get shot down on certain things but for today you know i feel like the worst thing there's nothing worse than not asking because mm. the worst anybody can say is no so in in that extent uh, i always put my hand out for anything that i want to do mm. and i don't really fear someone else saying no at least i've asked i think when i was talking about my, my own failure it was about me failing at doing things mm and not uh, other people saying no. So um, I think for the, the four years of my varsity life, when I was in varsity, um, I, was, I was always just trying to do stuff for artists. Yeah. I was always trying mm. to push myself to do stuff for artists, uh, event organizers, trying to get into the entertainment space. And I just, you know, many doors got closed on me. Um, not that I remember all of them. I remember certain ones because those people are still relevant today and some might not might not be relevant but i felt like you know um i was not good enough and there were times where i wanted to give up you know um austin just just pause there because um as a creative or a creator you know when you're putting out work that's that's when you're like at your most vulnerable because you're putting all of you into that piece of artwork or that piece of project you know and to be able to go and knock on a door and for someone to say no, no, there's people that would completely give up yeah. and stop. And, you know, for you, what was that shift? What was that motivation to say, okay, let me go back. And when you went back, what did you do different? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I've always said, right? And I'm going to make this example. Um, I remember a couple of times that I got into, in, I got into a tiff with uh, AKA twice mm. over credit. Um, first one was a Jobic day. And then the other one was... Um, the metros in Durban mm. uh, was the metro was the summers <coughs> actually in Durban, um, and you know one of the things because I always wanted to work with him. That's mm. the, that's the truth of the matter is I always wanted to work with him because he was such a big day. Mm. But we always got into these tiffs because I believed in something else, he believed something else, right? And I felt like we didn't like each other because I wanted my credit, and he's like, whatever, that's my picture. You took a picture of me. Why should I be giving you credit? And, you know, the one thing that drove me, and it's crazy, and people might judge me for this, but I always said, no matter what happens, I will work with him. 
because mm-hmm. I will always be the best at what I do and he will always see my work week in week out mm-hmm. you will see my work on the biggest stars names under the my tag will be on the under the biggest stars names your friends the circle around you they will have my tag on them mm-hmm. that you will not deny me mm-hmm. you know I think that was one of the drives you know um not just for aka for anyone that I've wanted to work with is to say uh, you will see my name even if you already know me you will see me and eventually you will work with me even if it's not today not tomorrow i think ak and i had a tiff for about 3 years and about 4 or 5 years later we worked together mm. you know um and that's that's what it is for me i believe that you know we might have our differences but if we're going to work together eventually it will happen because i will work hard to the bone that you will always see my work Mm. and it will always prove to be at its peak every single time how does how does a young um creative or <clears throat> aspiring photographer sort of break into the industry you know um it's it's crazy how you know when when we started i always want people not to do what we did mm. and it sounds selfish but when we started we were just shooting everybody for cred we would go into an event shoot 100 people send them the photos and they put them out. Sounded great. You got the followers whatever. But I believe, you know, if you are a creative today, you know, people should be paying you for your work, mm-hmm. right? And as a young kid trying to break into the industry, you should not be told about exposure or your cred or whatever. Mm-hmm. You should be getting something out of that stuff. Um getting into the industry is a very simple thing. You've got the skill, you just have to get yourself into the place where the people you want to shoot are mm. and show the people the 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 world of um instagram social media has just made it so much easier for visual creators to be found and seen mm. a lot of kids are growing just because someone saw them on instagram one of the guys i work with i saw his work on twitter you know and all it is is putting your work out to the right people and never feel like nobody's watching your work because even with me sometimes I walk into meetings or into like people who are like big names mm. celebrated people and they're like dude we know who you are mm. and I'm like yeah but I've been trying to get your <laughs> attention for the longest time and then people end up telling you about what you did whenever and you're mm. like damn these people are actually watching, watching me but they never say anything mm. so what we are failing to see is we want the validation to be happening right now but behind the doors these people are actually like writing your name down they want to work with you mm. but it's not you you're just rushing the process you want it to happen today and when it eventually happens you're like damn mm. man how did this happen like the craziest thing is um i've seen so this week i shot with DJ Fresh um and for some reason at the end Uh, even during the shoot and he's like you good you good you should you should you should look into photography you should look at making this your your career and i'm like man for the longest time i used to listen to this guy on YFM mm. you know when i was a kid and i yeah, you know like when, like, when like you make it the age gap the history and like, then and then he in the end he's like yeah like i know i know who you are mm. and for you know i've shot this guy at events never got that validation and then it happens at a photo shoot that we're doing together you know but for the longest time I thought I'd get it on social media you know where I take pictures of him and tag him or whatever and I'd see that validation come from there no 
that is that is not where it's gonna come from how do you stay how do you stay consistent and it's the and, hunger and humble because <laughs> i mean look there's a lot of people that would blow up in, in inverted commas yeah with, where their work is really being recognized and a lot of people are knowing them and that sort of builds and strokes their egos and they change you know how have you Everybody's remained on, gets on the ground <laughs> um that's another thing that has to do with fear you know we all want our egos to be stroked right but my biggest thing is failing because if you fail and your ego is that high mm. how are you gonna get back up yeah because you will not be willing to take help from anybody you will not be willing to start from the bottom. You will not be willing to work for scraps just to get your name back up. Mm. You know, because a lot of us fail and we're still talented. But the biggest thing is our egos. I am not going to work for less than what I used to earn when I was at my peak. Mm. How are you supposed to try get back to your peak when you are given an opportunity to try again, but you refuse it? Mm. You know, and I think... You know, and that's why I say my biggest thing or my biggest fear is failing. Because when you fail, everybody forgets about you. you they talk about you in past tenses. Even if you're still as talented, you know, you're a past tense now. And when you fail, the pressure's on you to get back up. But if your ego was that high as well, how are you going to get back up if you're not willing to start from the bottom again? Mm. Mm. And that's what happens, you know. Um, we all want our egos to get stroked. That's just the truth, you know. It feels great for people to praise you. It feels good for people to be telling you they like your work and you will feel like you have achieved something. Mm. But that is not, is that all you are here for? You know, um, are you here to get your ego stroked, make the money, and then when the money's gone, what else do you have? Nothing else. Mm. I feel like as long as you are a person that people can still relate to, you're humble and you're easy to work with, no matter what happens, you can you can fail and people will still give you a chance. And as long as you still work at it and you still want to prevail, you will make it. Mm. Like uh, I feel like ignoring people don't get given enough chances because the rest of the world is looking for people who are humble and people you can work with for as long as you can. And, you know, sometimes it's not your talent. I remember I was having a conversation with someone and they said, Sometimes it's not your talent that gets you your job. It's your personality. Mm. And that's what it is for me. I feel like my personality also drives a lot of people to want to work with me. Not because I am the best photographer in the country. Mm. I do feel like I am one of the best photographers mm. in the country. But also my personality plays into how clients view me. Because mm. they're like, you know what? We don't want to work with an ignorant person or arrogant person who will be telling us what we should be doing, yeah. how we should be doing, whatever. No, if we work with Austin because we worked with him before, he was willing to take direction and give us input on mm. how we should be mm. doing this. Then it makes it easier for clients to say, yeah, actually, you're right. We should work with Austin. Do you think that adds more value to be open to to learn and unlearn and also just give um, client direction? Because a lot of creatives, um, and it's something that, that I always 
I mean, I've got a photographer that I work with. Yeah. And I always tell him, bro, don't send a client an invoice just saying photography. Yeah. X amount. Like, yeah. bill for your process, bill for added value. Yeah. You know, show the client show that the client you actually know the know full scope of your what work. What you're doing. You yeah. Know, the creative direction, the venue, um, sourcing. sourcing. Like, yeah. you know. And, well, that's that's... The added value of what it is is, um, and I might not be answering your first question. <laughs> that's the thing, <laughs> but I just believe you know that the part that you're talking about now um, is part of the knowledge that a lot of young people don't have about the industry, which is the problem, mm. you know. But I just believe if you've got great relationships with a lot of people, it makes it easier for people to want to work with you because you're a direct line to a lot of other people. And with the knowledge as well, then you are able to say, okay, cool. So I'm a photographer. I'm not just charging you for photography. I'm charging you for creative direction on ABC. Mm. I'm charging you for the studio. I'm charging you for the gear. You know, there's so many other things that people don't look at. Because a lot of these young kids just say, oh, I'm a photographer. I'm going to charge you Mm. just for the photography. There's a whole process. There's what you do in pre-prod, production, post-production. All those things have to be paid for, mm. not just the production itself. Are you working for free in pre-prod and in post? You know, there's there's a lot of things that young people have to learn, and you know, it's up to us, the the generation that's walking before them, yeah. to teach them so they Definitely. can run. Mm. You know, um, <clears throat> you we were chatting about just how putting out your work you know, could actually get you more work. But yeah. there's obviously more that goes into it. So how have you sort of used your digital platforms to sort of just amplify the brand that you're building? I think, you know, in the beginning, my my main thing was just to put out as much work as I can to try to get as much work as I, can, I could, right? Mm. And what I've recently learned was put out the work you want to be booked for. Because that makes a lot more sense instead of, you know, we took social media and, you know, we just bamboo'd our feeds with whatever we could put out. Mm. Like, you know, I want to put out events. I want to put out portraits. I want to put out, like, celebrities. What what do you really want to get booked for? Mm. And it's, it's, it's that, that that separates you from everyone. Like, for me now, I want to, do, I want to be doing commercial photography. I won't be putting out events on my feed because that leaves me to be boxed in the space of event photography. Mm. And that's not where I really want to be. You know, um, that's where I made my name. But um, it's easier for me to create the content that I want to be booked out for and put that out. And then people start seeing the change. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. It seems Austin is doing a lot more editorial stuff. Maybe we should try booking for that. Mm. You know, and that's 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 one way we we should be looking at our feeds as content creators. What kind of content do I want to be booked for? What kind of what kind of stuff do I want to be known for? Mm. Because uh, for the longest time, everybody thought Austin is just an event photographer. You know, but put me in studio, I will mm. light the shit out of it <laughs> and shoot like some really great, beautiful shots. Uh. But a lot of people never saw that, so. It's just a, a better of understanding where you want to be. What what what's what sort of like <clears throat> the direction right now with with your brand? I mean, you recently yeah. left the company that you're working for, 
and your company I started. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're starting from zero, but of level ten. You know? Yeah. Um, ah, I love that. I love that. I, I don't think anybody said it like that. Um, and also myself, because I always see it as starting at zero, though. Mm. But because starting at zero is great. You have a great perspective at the bottom because mm. you've been at the top. Mm. You know how it feels. So when you start at zero, you know what you are striving to achieve. And it's always great, man. Um, I've never feared starting from the bottom. I always enjoy starting from the bottom because there's some steps that you probably missed when you started previously mm. that you can redo and do better now. True. Which is, which is a great um, lesson for anyone to learn. You know, but right now, my, my head is... You're sitting in many different places. <laughs> Which is okay. Uh, <laughs> Normal. <laughs> I think um, the biggest thing for me right now is to try rebuild. And, you know, um, I've always wanted to own a company that is a, um, an agency that services different um, spectrums of photography or different aspects of photography and videography. And that's what I try to do at Pixel Collective. And that didn't seem to work out for me really well. And that's why I left. And what I want to do now is take what I learned from that process of starting Pixel Collective into the dream, you know, um, that is trying to build the very same dream, mm. but with with a difference, you know. Mm. Um, you know, when we started Pixel Collective, we didn't, I don't think we had a vision of what we wanted to do in terms of uh like on paper, we all had different dreams as the three owners. And I think that's that was one of the biggest problems, you know. But what I learned from that was when I got into this new company that I'm starting is create one dream mm. and put it down just so you know where you're going, mm. you know. Because from the outside, everybody sees great success. That amazing work, yeah. yeah. But the inside, it's kind of like you're running around like headless chickens trying sure. to, to find where we're going and we don't really have a direction, you know. And I think it's easier if now, you know, like now I'm, I'm speaking to different people who've been in, in the business industry for long, trying to find, like, the ways that these guys have made it, mm. you know, from business coaches, mentors, trying to see how these things can be done properly that you don't seem to, to be running on a shell but with no real direction. And everybody like seems to be praising you from the outside, and then inside you're like, oh my god, if only you knew. Like yeah. it's hot. We, we make it. We make it look like it's great, but it's hot inside, and we're just surviving, you know. Um, and I just, I just wanna, I just wanna build something solid um, where I am now. Um, I can't really say this is this is what it this is, is what you it know. Is. I'm I'm building on a dream that I've had for five years, you know. Um, Pixel Collective was a dream I had for four years mm. when I approached the two people that I started the company with. But now I am like five years. Uh, I spent a year at Pixel Collective. Uh, now I'm starting my own thing again, which is five years later. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm failing, but I am failing a step ahead. Mm. I'm not failing, failing a step forward. back. Yeah, I'm failing forward because mm. at least I've tried it. I know what works. I know what doesn't. Now, when I'm here today, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, this is what we did at Pixel Collective, and that this is why it didn't work, and this is what I should be doing here. 
that's I think that's that's what it is. Um, but you know, I just I just want to build a company that can hire, um, like young creatives, um, in different spaces. You know, I think what what we all what it is is it's supposed to be a small agency. To be honest, it's not just a photography yeah. company. It's supposed to be a content creation agency that caters to the brands that we work with and other brands that we could approach. I feel like that's that's what it is. It's supposed to be like all the other boutique agencies that mm. exist, but not to the scale of that. We should just also still specialize in what we're doing. But the problem with all these things is, remember, we are the content creators. True. Not the agency. Mm. The agency only gives you the brief. Mm. We are the content creators. And why should we still be getting briefs from agency when we can create the content ourselves and sell it to the agencies mm. and the client. And I think that's why I'm saying what we're building is an agency, not just a photography agency or photography studio company mm. or whatever we, we want to place it as. We're building an agency that's going to create content because that's what we do at these events. As photographers, videographers, um, bloggers, all we do is we make the content. We create the content ourselves and that's what we should be paid for, mm. creating the content, not just, oh, no, you're a photographer, just yeah. come shoot. No, I'm not just a photographer. If I was just a photographer, you could all just stand in a line and I'll just take yeah. pictures. But now I need to go create content. I need to go find moments. That's yeah. the content that you signed up for, True. isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of thing. content, yes. quickly before we... Before we end this really cool conversation, yeah. Um, what role do you think you as photographers, especially African photographers, are playing in in sort of um, sending out the narrative of you know the spaces and the environments and what's happening in our country? You know the the, the experiences. Um, what role do you guys do you think um, you guys play as a voice? I think we play a very important role because. The arts are one of the biggest exports that we have in the country, you know, um, and people might not see it as that. But if you look at the likes of your Trevor's, your Tebe, those guys are celebrated more internationally than in the country. Mm. What does that say? That says people who are looking inside Africa actually love what they see from us. And the great thing about most of it is that it is not poor Africa. It is oh, rich Africa, rich in, mm. rich in in culture, rich in diversity, rich in love. You People fall in love with your work because of what it represents. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people are getting work that we never thought we would get at, at like three, four years ago from international agencies because right. they're looking at us and they're like, man, we really love how you represent your country or how you represent your hood. You know, you're from your Homozoneto, mm. you know, your Lisedi, uh, Those guys know how to represent hood life so well that even in the suburbs, you envy it mm. and you understand it. Mm. You know, and I feel like that's how the international community looks at the African artists. And they're like, man, these guys are not crying or waiting for us to come help them. They actually showing that they can do this without us. Mm. So if we get on board and celebrate them, it's more beneficial for us. 
and that's that's what it is i feel like a lot of these bigger brands who come into the country or other brands from outside the country they look at us and they're like oh if we work with this person and this person our message will be received better because you know uh the country is celebrating this person you know and if we celebrate them as well we are part of the culture so that's how they are adopting themselves into our culture mm-hmm. by using the creatives as their voice to drive their message mm-hmm. in an African or South African way, which is kind of really great. But at some point it needs to like, you know, it's, it's a conversation for another day where these people need to come to the party and let us do what we do best mm-hmm. instead of us trying to adapt what they've got into our narrative. We should be creating our own narratives with what they have. Mm. instead of you know getting a brief saying this is this is such and such a company they do one two three and can you take part of what they are into your life no let us create our own briefs and our own content and show how you know uh, the water company from (laughs) (laughs) from whatever country uh, can fit into south africa because Mm. we also have water in south africa but if you're selling bottled water in South Africa, the best way to sell it is in this manner. Mm. You know, I, I don't know if it makes sense, but <laughs> all it was is you, you never want to get um, a an American company to come tell me uh, how to change an American narrative into a South African narrative. Yeah. That's impossible. Let me tell a South African narrative with an American brand's name mm. or whatever they're selling. Let me yeah. use that to tell my African narrative, mm. you know, instead of trying to adapt what they've already got. Bro, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for pulling through. I feel like this should have been longer, but yeah. I feel like I talk for so we've, long. we've <laughs> spoken about quite a lot. I know, right? I feel like it could have been longer, but yeah, thank you very much for having me, John. Thank you for making it, man. It's Pioneers vs. Pretenders, and 